Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of The Halt with me, Thick Teddy, and your boy Ant. How you doing? What's up, Teddy? How are you? Good, man. Good, man. I got a fresh tattoo today, um, a snake on my leg, and uh, the market is poop, but that's all right. How'd, uh, how'd that... I have my knee tattooed. How'd that feel? Um, it was it was jittery. It sh- <laughs> my spine, it felt like it was like coming up my spine. And then into my neck was kind of what it felt like. But then the the backside of my knee, because the snake kind of wrapped around to the backside of the knee, mm-hmm. that was was sharp and painful. It felt like it was on fire. Dude, I, re- I remember when I got mine tattooed. It's like the weirdest sensation. It's like, like you could, yeah, like you said, you can feel it in your spine, yeah. which makes, I guess, because of the nerves and stuff. But yeah, dude, the shin hurts too. So when you get your shin done. Yeah, he, uh, my artist, like, had to go on to my shin, like, barely around one of the curls of the snake. Whew, it felt exactly like how the, uh, the knee did, where it's just, like, vibrating right on your bone. Yeah, it's hard because it's all bone right there. Yeah, it's, it's like nerves are so close to it that it's just, like, zzz, all through your body. Yeah. What are you drinking? I got, I think we, I talked about this on Twitter, but. The, oh, I have the melon dude. carts, dude, you ever have the melon ones? No, I've had the mango ones, and I think they come. They have peach ones too. Yeah, dude, I got a variety pack. It's pi- well, it's pineapple, melon, and mango, and they're all they're all really good. I don't like beer that much, but this doesn't really taste like beer. But yeah, I like those, man. Those are those are like good beers. They're real smooth and pretty. They go fruity. down easy. They go down yeah. real easy. So I got um, the Michelob Ultra Cucumber oh. Lime Seltzer. Um, it's actually really good, and I like it because it's it's less calories and less sugar than all the rest of the the alcoholic ones. Like it has zero sugar, and it's eighty calories. It doesn't. It tastes kind of like it's a real subtle um, cucumber lime, but it's pretty good. I wouldn't take it over like the lemonades. Like the lemonades and the orange cream are better, but it's definitely like an alternative. Those uh, they're actually the the Mick Ultra ones are my favorite. They make like a berry pack. I forget what else is in it. But yeah, dude, they're expensive though. They're more expensive than like all the other ones because I think they're like thirty less calories than yeah. than most. Dude, and I mean, tons of girls are like all about the the calories too, so they're probably like buying up all the Michelob Ultra because of that. Dude, zero I... carbs, zero sugar, and organic. Do you like White Claw? I think it might be one of my least. I was going to say, I had a White Claws the other day, not for the first time, but I hadn't had them in a while, and they're just, they're, I don't know. I really don't like them. They're so hard, dude. I can taste the alcohol in the White Claws way more than I can taste it in anything else. Like, if I have Truly to drink them? The alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Like if I have to drink them, I will, but it's, I would never choose to drink them. Yeah, so we got some current events to talk about. Um, so... The Olympic runner who got caught smoking weed, I think it was within 30 days of the uh, Olympic trials of some sort. Um, Personally, I think that's extremely stupid that she got banned. I think um, probably like at least half of the athletes smoke weed. I know Michael Phelps smoked and did other drugs all the time. And I mean, he got some type of suspension. But um, I know Sean White has come out and said that he was high during the Olympics. So yeah. I just don't feel like weed um, should be something that the, the Olympics are, I guess, 
cracking down on right now. Her name was it was Shikari, right? Shikari Richardson, yeah. if I'm pronouncing yep. that right. I think yeah, so. I think I saw something. She, uh, I think her mom like passed recently. It said, and she was like smoking to help deal with that um, and like her anxiety and depression and stuff. But yeah, dude, that's to to ban her from the. I don't know. Was she banned from the Olympics or was she just removed from the team? So she was like, she had the chance to go for one of the like 100, I think. And then they also were like, okay, we'll give you the chance to do like the four by one since you, she got banned from the 100 meter. Um, But then they were like, okay, well, you still have a chance to make the four by one. I don't know how that works, how you're able to be banned for one event, but not another event. But then she wasn't selected for the team. So the fact that we're still viewing weed, like it's this hardcore drug, like, yeah, it, I, it blows my mind, and it's actually super frustrating because, like, a ton of my friends smoke weed. I know, I'll, I know more people that smoke weed than don't smoke weed. Yeah, at this point, I mean, at our age, bro, it's it's yeah, more people smoke weed than don't. And I'll be honest, I think alcohol has worse effects and probably fucks up more people's lives than weed. Easily, easily, yeah. And like, and I talked about this on one of the episodes about like cigarettes are legal. Yeah. What is what, what is cigarettes hell? doing for you? It's yeah. it's suicide. I mean, they're literally just like clouding your lungs, making them turn that black color and shrivel up. Um, it's sad. I feel. I actually feel really bad for her. She's young. She's like yeah. twenty-one, maybe. And I'm pretty sure she's like pretty good too. Like I think she. Uh, they didn't like she. Obviously, they didn't expect her to like have a chance. But she was supposed to be like an up-and-comer who has a career ahead. Yeah, that's uh, and she was already dealing with that shit, like with her mom, the anxiety and depression, and like, what do you think this is gonna do? I mean, yeah, uh, what do y'all expect? Like, yeah, that's terrible. I feel terrible for that. It's girl. gonna mess with her even more. Yeah. What do you think of the COVID variant that we got going around in other countries? Apparently, I saw. Yeah, I saw that today too with the Olympics. That because of the variant, they're shutting down. There's no fans or anything. Um, dude, I, I mean, is is it really that much worse? Yeah, I saw, I and mean, then I saw a thing today that said the vaccine, the vaccines cover all the variants, yeah. like are effective against the variants. So what's the issue? I saw that like they're not a hundred percent sure if the vaccines are effective, like, but they think they are. And I mean, other countries are completely shutting down because of it again. But I don't think it's going to affect us. I don't think the U.S. is going to do anything about it. Like people, even if they were to shut down, people would would not take it again. It was like one time was enough. People were obviously like busting out of their front doors by the time they lifted all that stuff. So I don't think it's going to really affect America. Um, no. If it comes here and comes here like hard, like that first round of uh, COVID did, then we might see something. But if the vaccines work on it, then I think... It'll kind of just be something in the news that we hear every once in a while and then just... It's one of those things, too. Like, I understand if you're older, like, being concerned or you have, like, underlying health conditions. But if you're somebody, like, if you're younger, if you're healthy, there's really, I mean, there's nothing to worry about. I don't know why this is making rounds. Like, it's huge news. Yeah. If I mean, if you got the vaccine, then you're you're fine. Like it's not, it's not the end of the world. If, if you get the vaccine, essentially, if you get COVID, you're, you're going to have maybe a few symptoms, um, but you're not going to have to go to the doctor. You're not really going to have to even think about it twice. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if it's effective against this second variant, then I don't think there'll be, we won't see it again, probably. No, it sucks for the, the athletes in the Olympics. 
yeah. I saw they were saying like there was somebody I forget who it was, but like their whole family they had tickets and stuff for their whole family, but and now what? Like they can't attend. It's yeah, that is ass. How do you yeah. feel about uh, NBA Finals? Who you got? Damn, I'm about to break your heart, but <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. I feel like, honest to God, the Suns could sweep the Bucks. That uh, hurt. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do have the Suns. I think I, I have the Suns in like six. Um, okay, so I'm a huge Bucks fan. Um, mm-hmm. Cream City, right here. I'll be wearing the jersey tonight because we're filming this on Thursday. So I'll be wearing the jersey tonight. But I got to say, man, they did not look good game one. Mm-hmm. And um, if the Suns can continue to just pick on Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis when they're out there, um, we are absolutely um, in for a, a 4-1 or even a 4-0. But I think if they can get Giannis more minutes and they can keep him kind of out there longer as his injury progresses, <sighs> the Bucks could – I'm, I'm going to say the Bucks could could squeeze one out. It, could, it would be six or seven games, though. The Suns have a lot. I would say they have a better chance of closing it out before six. But if the Bucks can elongate it, maybe we can figure out a way to shut down Booker and Chris Paul. But they, uh, it didn't look good game one. No, there's a couple problems. One, they don't match up well with the Suns. And two, Giannis is, what, 60%? Mm-hmm. 70%? It'd be different if he was, if he was healthy. Um, yeah, if he could play, you know, like upwards of – three and a half quarters a game like we would probably be in a different different conversation where I mean because he can shut down pretty much anyone he's on covering um or playing defense on and then Drew Holiday can shut down probably most of their team too yeah it just it's it's just a Giannis can't play the entire game like we need him to which I mean I know he would be but uh whatever happens happens I'm gonna be happy with the season it's better than losing in the first or second round like they have in the well I'm a Sixers fan so I really can't say much um, Ooh, at all that hurts yeah so that is painful all right so meat and potatoes of the episode today as you guys probably know by the the uh title on here is mentality and trading mentality kind of how to get over losses how to get through a bad market what we do kind of just to prepare ourselves um how we manage our minds with this job so I can kind of go first with a few things, and yeah. then I'll hand it off to Ant. But the main thing for me with mentality is kind of making sure that I have structure to my day and also discipline with my, my trading plan. So how I kind of use that is the structure of my day, I have to start it off right, and I have to continue keeping it upright to keep my mentality um, I guess where it needs to be like I want to start my day and also we have a question about our morning trading routine but I'll get into it a little bit so I, I wake up and I hop out of bed probably about an hour and a half before the market opens and that first half hour is all preparation it's all whatever you need to do so something that makes you feel comfortable something that calms you down something that wakes you up um, and makes you feel prepared for the day do that for the first 30 minutes and then sit and kind of check out the market, catch up for the next 30 minutes, and then that last 30 minutes is where you really kind of get going in the uh, the making buys, making sells, making limits, setting them for that, that market open, um, while also keeping in your mind that you're going to keep your trading strategy and your trading plan in the back of your head all day and make sure that you kind of use those rules like you know you should. Um, 
Because one of the biggest things is discipline, and if you can keep disciplined, then it's just going to build on top of itself over and over and over. So if I have a strong plan from the base, if I formulate a plan that says I'm going to buy um, electric vehicle companies because that's what I know the most about, and I'm going to buy them, and then I'm going to have myself have a 5 to 10% stop loss and then take profit at 5%. Um, half and then take another half profit at 10% and then wait for it to come back to support and I'm going to keep doing that. The more times I do that, the more confident I'm going to feel in that plan and the more times I'm going to feel um, like I can execute it that next day and then that next week and then that next month. Um, Or say I'm a bio trader um, and I want to trade low float bios so I give myself a 10% stop loss to 15% stop loss but then I'm going to take profit at 10% half, 20% half, and I'm only going to trade things with a catalyst within the month. Um, that's something that if I just keep doing and I keep building on top of that, that like platform um, level one, and then I get level two after I've made five trades like that, and then level three after 10 trades like that, then the discipline is going to, um, I guess, just make it easier. It, I can't really describe it until you guys... Um, do it, but it makes you confident. It makes you like ready to execute the day. Like I wake up in the morning um, and know that yesterday I followed my plan 100% and I had a green day. And then the day before I also did the same exact thing. The day before I also did the same exact thing. Um, so I'm confident in it. But then say we have a red day. So I'm going to talk about the mentality of what I do if I have a red day. If I have a red day and my plan doesn't work, um, I'm going to write down in my journal, which is sitting right here, um, Write down in my journal what happened. I'm going to write down, okay, today I took a trade on RMO. RMO, also, by the way, here's this one for you. Um, But I write down RMO right here, and I say, okay, what happened on RMO? So basically what happened on RMO was I bought in, and it literally just grinded down. So what can I take from that? Um, My stop loss was not where it needed to be. I should have had a tighter stop loss knowing that RMO – has been um, short reported, dropped on its head in the past. Should have had a, a tighter stop loss on it because I know that shorts pile in on RMO when a downtrend begins. Um, so for that red day, uh, RMO was the main, the main factor of my red day. So I wrote that down. I know why. The shorts piled in and I didn't take the, the small loss. I decided to take the big loss in the end. And so that's why I'm red. What can I do in the future with plays that I know shorts like? I can cut it earlier. So what am I feeling now? I'm feeling a little bit more like, all right, so I took something from this loss. I took a kind of mental note and also a real note, what happened in this loss and how I'm going to make it better. And that in my mind makes me think, okay, so that loss wasn't actually a full loss. That loss was a loss and also a learning experience, which that's the biggest thing. Turn those losses into learning experiences and your, your losing will kind of dissipate in the back of your mind like it's a red day obviously but you also know that it's not going to happen again and i'm going to be able to um forego that next time like i'm not going to let that happen i'm not going to let rmo i'm not going to let something like idex which is highly shorted um get in a downtrend while i'm in it i'm going to cut that loss and i'm going to do it again and then there's there's about a hundred other ways that you can you can use that if something is say like a low float but then you see a certain indicator and then it boom knives um that's how you can write it down in your journal and just know so you can turn those losses um, into lessons. That's the biggest thing for mentality 
is for me, the three things I just want to highlight and then I'll let Ant talk is that discipline of sticking to the trading plan, sticking to your rules and just hammering them in over and over and over and over once you find something that works. And if you don't have something that works, then uh, check out talking to me one-on-one, check out DMing Ant, check out our Discord, check out the rest of our videos and hopefully that'll help you. Number two is to make sure that uh, you learn from those losses. Write them down in your journal. Make sure that you're, you're capitalizing on it. Um, making sure that you just you know what happened and you know how to, uh, to fix it. And the number three is just the, the, um, the plan in the morning and the plan to get you revved up for the day, whether it's coffee, tea, meditation, um, smoking weed, whatever it's going to be, get yourself ready for the day and uh, eating a good breakfast, whatever you got to do. Just just do it every single day so that you're ready to trade when the day needs to begin. That's what I got for mentality. Yeah, those are all... I have some of that written down, too. Those are all great points. Um, some, some different things I have that I really want to hammer down is when you start off, like, as a beginner, when you're your first couple months, your first year, year or two, honestly, should just be to survive. That should be your mentality. You see... There's people on Twitter that, oh, I started trading two months ago and made 200 grand. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You, I mean, come on now. I mean, maybe maybe there's a couple people out there that got lucky. They played some options. They hit. They went all yeah. in on something. Like, this isn't a casino. If you're going all in on something and it hits, okay, you got lucky. Do you really know how to trade? Um, it's, it's frustrating. You see these people that are saying they turned in, they've been trading a couple months and they made millions of bucks. Like, you didn't, and that's not reality. Your mentality needs to be to, okay, I'm going to take some losses along the way, but I need to learn from those losses. Like Teddy said, we talked about this before, keeping a journal. I even tweeted about it today. Like, Keep a journal. Write down every single trade you make. Write down the ticker. Write down if it was a success. If it was a success, write down why. And if it was a failure, you need to write down why. And writing those failures down is more important than writing the successful trades down. So for an example, say I traded Tesla. My entry was bad. Okay, then did the trade fail because the entry was bad? Did you overextend into a position? You put too much, you took too big of a starter, and then it started to pull back a little bit and you got nervous and cut it, and then it bounced right back. Um, You need to survive and learn from your losses. Um, It's, I can't, explain how important it is i lost a shit ton of money when i started and but i learned from those losses and that's why i began to be successful um it's super important to build a routine as well um that's one of the questions for today somebody asked how what is our morning routine um i wake up every morning 30 minutes before my broker opens um I check everything, I grab a coffee, I eat something small, and you you, you want to be awake. I mean, you don't want to wake up two minutes before the market opens. You don't want to wake up after the market opens. You need to build good habits. Um, I know for me when I started, it was hard waking up, but it takes, yeah, about, it it takes about two, three weeks to build a good habit, they say, and after that third week, then you can stay, then it just it's not as difficult so it's very important that you build good habits um this week the market's been 
pretty bad. Uh, I know there's a lot of people, I see people panicking, people acting like it's the end of the world, but this isn't that major of a pullback. I mean, if you think this is bad, when we get a real pullback, I don't, I mean, you you got to be comfortable seeing red in your portfolio. Um, if you're an investor, you should live for red days. If you have enough cash, if you have cash available, you, these are days you live for. Go add to your long positions. If you're a swing trader and you have conviction in it, add to your swing trade. This is what we talk about. You should always keep a fourth of cash minimum on hand. Um, I, I preach two to three swings, a fourth cash to for days like this. Um, so, yeah, you got to be comfortable seeing red. You, If you see red in panic, it happens as a new trader, but you need to be comfortable seeing red. Um you also need to be comfortable taking hits. You got to understand, like I said, is you're going to take losses, but but taking losses is the best way to learn and the most beneficial way to learn. Every huge loss I have, I know exactly what I did wrong. I don't make the same mistake twice. Um, uh, a big thing new traders make uh, and they experience a big loss is they'll overextend into something and it doesn't pan out. Uh, a great example of this would be Wish. People thought Wish was going to $30. It didn't go to $30. Uh, Wish pulled back pretty hard this week, and I know I opened my DMs up yesterday, and I had a lot of people were talking about Wish. Hey, I my average is $15. What, what do you think I should do? Do you have any advice? So you just that's another thing is you gotta you got to take the right position size for your account. If you're trying to hit a home run and go all in on something, because you see people on Twitter saying that this is going to be $100 in two weeks and 10 times, then you got to reevaluate. Um, and the last thing I'll say is you never want to get too high, meaning you never want to say you hit big on something. You never want to get too, I don't know, euphoric, too excited, because you just as easily could uh, take a huge hit. So you cut, you always want to be level-headed. Um, that's, that's really important. Um, if you take a loss, don't get too down on yourself and don't try to force a trade to make it all back. Um, I had uh, somebody I've been talking to and they, they've been down on their account quite a bit and they even admitted, they're like, yeah, I'm just trying to make it all back on one or two trades. And I'm like, well, I understand. I was, I was in the same spot, but you gotta, you gotta take small percentage wins, and they'll add up if you try to make everything back off a huge loss. That's how people blow their entire accounts up. So that's a lot of the mentality. Um, I think as a new trader, you need also it. Don't listen to people on Twitter. Um, there's people on Twitter that say some crazy things, and then there's people on Twitter that want to help you. So you you gotta figure out a plan that works for you. Um, but ultimately, your goal needs to be to survive. It takes people years and years to get good at this. If you think it's going to happen in a couple months or overnight, it's not. Um, if you hit big on a trade, that's great. Um, but that's not going to happen every time. So, Yeah. I want to reiterate one thing. That is stay the course and um, spend time learning. So if you're at the beginning of your trading journey um, – People act like they can make a million dollars within three or four months or six months um, from a grand. 
And I just want to tell you that if they did, that is fucking amazing for them. Um, but you can't expect that out of yourself. And you can't expect to even be profitable in that amount of time beginning trading. You need to stay the course. Um, give it time. Just learn. Go to YouTube. Go to Google. Go to Atlas Education. Go to the Mob Trading Ants Lesson Plans. Go to our YouTube um, podcast. Go to Penny's Going in Raw. Go everywhere you can. Watch Brady on Twitch. Um, everything you can to learn, even if you're losing, and stay the damn course. Stay that course. Um, if you're down 75%, don't don't quit. If you're trading with $20 left in your account after you blew up 1000 don't quit. Just keep trading that $20. Just keep learning. Say, all right, I'm going to start taking profit at these levels instead of what I did earlier. I'm going to switch it up and see if I can make something work a little bit better. Um, and the way you can do that is you can realize that all of us successful traders went through a phase like that where we sucked um, and we got our asses beat. And so just know that everyone goes through, whether it's three months for some people, whether it's three years for some people, we all go through a phase where we are bad. We have a job, another job that's supporting us. Trading is literally just a hobby that we're trying to learn at the moment. And then eventually we can come together and we can kind of um, make that leap and, and quit our job and become a trader. But it's not it's not overnight. It's not a week. It's not a month. It's, a, it's quite a bit of time and it's quite a bit of commitment so stay that course. We're in a we're in a running a marathon. We're not running a sprint. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say is in the bad market, take this time to learn as well and be very very picky. I told all of my sub fund people that I'm going 80% cash at the beginning of the week. I did, and it saved my ass Tuesday, Wednesday, and today. And we're gonna see how it goes Friday. But it really saves me because I had a lot of cash to deploy on this wish dip. I had a lot of cash to deploy for day trades. Um, so. Go cash if you don't feel comfortable and then just just do the learning. Do the learning and trade with like one-tenth of your account and just see what happens. But go cash and just wait. It's survive in advance time is what it is. It's time to just um, not blow up your account and then give it time until the market's better where you can learn easier because you're trading more and you're having better trades that you can analyze better why they worked because the market is better. Um Right now, the market's not moving a lot. You have to kind of pick and choose your movers. So just watch. Just watch. Just have cash ready to deploy. Just sit there, watch. Sit there, watch a YouTube video about why um, stocks are hard or why they're easy or what Bollinger Bands are or whatever it is. And then just watch the the market and analyze and analyze and analyze and analyze. And um, cash is king in these moments. Don't let it. Don't let it get to you. The market sucks. It's not you. Um, it's not, it's hard right now. So, um, keep those things in mind and keep your, keep your morale up. It's going to come back, whether it's after August, which that's kind of what I expect is after August, things might start to heat up again. So it's going to be a month and a half of some boring days where I'm going to go golfing Ant's going to go golfing. I'm going to go get more tattoos because I'm bored as hell and I don't want to be sitting at my computer all day because the market sucks, but it's not you. So just, just take that with a grain of salt and do some learning during this time. Do some, go eat some sushi with your girl or your boyfriend or whatever it is. Go eat some sushi um, go play golf, go do whatever, just learn and focus on surviving and advancing through this market. Yeah. One little quick thing I wanted to say too is, um, you should not be, when you first start out, you should not be trading with, uh, amounts of money you are not willing to lose. <clears throat> um, it will only enable you to make terrible decisions. Um, it'll make you enable you to panic sell because you're trying to protect your capital. Um, 
you got to start with a small amount of money. I know you think if I, oh the more money I start with the more money I can turn that into. It's you're you're going to take losses when you start. It's just how it goes. Um I see some people that are trying to trade with money that they really just can't afford to lose <clears throat> and it's that's not how you need to start um start with a small amount that start with 500 bucks. If you lose half of it, oh well. Uh you're going to learn along the way and then you'll be good, but yeah, do not play with money you cannot afford to lose. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. Do not play with any money that uh, you need. If you need it for rent, don't play with it. If you need it for your car, don't play with it. Yep. Bullish versus bullshit time. So, ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to kind of put the the drinking game that we normally do. This week, I have Crown Apple as my uh, chosen liquor. Did you ever have this? Ooh, some rum chata. So, we're going to put that in with bullish versus bearish. So, you guys are going to get our bullish versus bullshit. You guys are going to get um, our takes on three hot stocks right now. One we've already talked about, two we haven't talked about before. Um, and then we're going to drink on some trivia questions about those stocks. So, Wish, Ant, bullish or bullshit? Um, so, I know we went over this before. Um, I am still bullish on it. I just, I mentioned this on Twitter a few times and in Discord. The chart was just horrendous. Uh, it was not very organic once a lot of, of like Twitter hopped on it. Um, I know when we entered it in May, it was on a complete downtrend since the IPO date, and it started to curl off the bottom, and that's why I, I initially liked it. Um, I know that's why we both initially liked it, because it was extremely undervalued, and then everybody hopped on it, and the growth hasn't been organic, and there were some gaps in the chart that needed to be filled. Um I charted out both the targets I charted hit, and then actually today, which is Thursday, it had some nice movement, uh, broke over 11. I forget what it closed at. I think it closed at close to 11. I like the price action the last day and a half. Yeah, you just got to... In a, a month, I think this will be 15, 16 bucks. You just got to kind of let the noise die. Yeah. Let the chart cool off. Technicals need to cool off. Eat those um, dips, man. Exactly. Just if you have a high average, um, don't panic. Uh, but yeah, it's never good when a trade becomes overcrowded. Yeah, especially with retail traders. But I'm going. I'm going bullish on this one too. I think the last two days I've been watching the level two and I've been watching the charts, and I think we we got the pullback that we needed. I think it was at ten thirty this morning pre market, um, and I added quite a bit. 10 at 10:30 or 10 like 40 I think were the prices I added and my average is under 11 now I'm at like 10.90 something cuz I I bought quite a bit right above 11 like 11.05 11.15 something like that yep. and I averaged down today and I'm pretty happy with it I think an average below 11 is pretty solid for the next week week and a half um just for a short kind of swing but yeah I think we see we see 12 sooner than later and then we see 15 within a month you got to think too when you're playing like a a growth company you really shouldn't panic i mean if if this was a if this was a shit penny stock that won't be around in 2 years then I'd, i i would understand the panic but uh yeah this goes back to what we told if you if you're overextended with a 
sixteen fifteen dollar average or whatever um a high yeah. average i yeah then then maybe I could see you panicking, but um all right, trivia time, get your shot ready because I'm not losing about this one nope. um what is wishes current market cap as of today? whoever gets closer wins, whoever loses has to take the shot I think I saw this the other day isn't it like 6.9 billion or something. All right. I'm glad you answered first because I was going to say something very different. Um, okay. You say 6.7. I'm going to go 5.4. Mm, no, I'm not going 5.4. I'm going higher than you. You said 6.7. I'm saying I said 7. S- Wait, go ahead. I'm saying 7.8. Okay. I, I said 6.9, so we'll see. Six point nine. Okay. Sex, yeah. Do you have it? Wish. I'm about to pull it up right now. Market cap. Fuck. Six point four five. You're right. I knew I saw it somewhere the other day. Motherfucker. Dude, Crown Apple's so good. I was thinking about it earlier today. You like Before the peach, this, right? I, like, I think it's better than the peach. I like the peach a lot. <clears throat> the apple's peach really is pretty good. good. Apple just tastes so much like apple. Like, when I'm pouring a shot, usually I, like, pour it super, like, low so that I don't have to do more more of a shot. But, dude, the crown apple, sometimes I'm like, damn. You know what that, that goes good with? That goes good with. Rum chata? I've never had that. It's good. All right. Here's the shot. Damn. Is that a, is that a regulation shot glass? I don't know, <laughs> it man. It looks gigantic. <laughs> This is what it is compared to my hand. I feel like it's pretty normal. Oh, yeah. It's just a little taller. All right. Next up. Ashford Hospitality Trust. Or Hospitality Trust. HT. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, not great. <laughs> Are we calling bullshit? I'm calling bullshit. Are you calling bullshit? Well, first off, let me just say uh, I was never in this stock and never even thought of getting in this stock. I scalped it a few times. Um, okay. Like just day traded it but i don't want to talk shit but i don't really know what the appeal behind this was um i know this was a twitter favorite but i uh, does that sound like a bullshit yeah that's big time bullshit i i feel Two i actually us. feel i feel bad uh, i know Me people too. got absolutely smoked on that and it sucks like i'm not gonna sit here i, I love zach morris and the atlas guys so i and when they called it it ran i think it one hundred percent. Yeah, it was a it was a great call. I think it went one hundred percent, but um, I know a lot of people got burned on it. So, and I never saw the appeal behind it. Yeah, because that was a dying company. Um. So yeah, bullshit, big time. Yeah, two things for me. Um, it was an absolute fucking stellar call by Zach Morris. Uh, it's all about the timing. He timed it perfectly. He called it, and then it ran. Um. Hundred percent. I think it might have even hit 150 percent for him. But fucking great call. People just don't know how to take profits most of the time. Um, but I'm calling bullshit on this for two reasons. Their dilution over the past um, year, their market cap is over double what it was before COVID. So the fact that they're trading this high um, or were trading this high is 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 horrible. They yeah. had no reason to be higher than they were before COVID when they had to dilute after COVID um, 
so yeah, AHT was was not. It was never bullish for me. It was always bullshit for me because of that fact. The market cap, I, I take a lot of market cap. Um, it's pretty important to my trading strategy based on like revenue, market cap, all their numbers. I like to put them together. Mm-hmm. And AHTs didn't line up for quite a while there. Their market cap was too high. It was before. It was what it was before COVID. Um, I'm going to say that about five more times. It was what it was before COVID. It was what it was before COVID. It was more than what it was before COVID um, when their company has been dying for a full year and diluting. And they diluted again. That is reason number two why it is bullshit. They diluted again. You can't trust a company who's going to dilute on your ass over and over and over and over and over, which they've been doing for the past year. I think AHT, uh, I think AHT Rob on Twitter um, deserves a criminal fucking, I don't even know what it is, but something. Because he got on Twitter and then decided to talk about his stock right before they reverse split. I think that's absolute BS. You cannot do that to to people in the retail world. Um, I'm about to start connecting my followers to CEOs, and I'm going to make sure that those those CEOs are not doing something similar to this, that we're not going to drop an offering after they talk to me on Zoom with my, my homies and my, my slappy gang. Um, slappy gang. It's a fire there. shirt. Yeah, thank you, sir. And also, dude, we're going to be bringing out merch for the halt eventually. Um, yeah, and it's not going to be any... It's, it's going to actually, like... When you think of merch, you think of, like, not stuff that does not look good and i can promise you it's going to be not like merch you've ever seen it's going to be actually something you could be like yeah damn i could like wear that out like i could wear that somewhere and it's not gonna you know what i mean like yeah i could wear that to a bar and feel super like sick like i feel slick in it i feel like i could look cool with like yeah cool crowd Um, when i think of merch i think of like a huge logo plastered on a shirt that i would never crappy shirt yeah no I definitely want to do these color comfort shirts again. These are sweet, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, but HTBS, but we're going to get to the, the shot. Um, what was their share price before the COVID-19 crash? Uh, are we talking like uh, beginning of last year? Yeah, so we'll do, we'll do January 1st of 2020. Oh, I'll go first on this one. You went first on the last one. Okay. Yeah, you I'm go. gonna say eleven dollars. I thought it was way higher than that. Um, yeah, it wasn't somebody. Somebody was arguing on Twitter about this. Uh, I'm. You said eleven. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna say seventeen bucks. Seventeen bucks. Okay. Let me hop over here onto my my Weeble. I thought it was close to 20 or something, maybe more. I honestly have no idea what the answer to this question is. Yeah, so I'm looking at the chart right now. Zach Morris called it at like 3 bucks, and it ran to 7.75. That's 100%, 150%. Um, so, yeah, you got to take profit there, everybody. All right, here we go. The first day of 2020. Damn it, it was 27 bucks. Yeah, dude, I... I is it 27 what? for real? Yeah, it's $27. All right, I guess I'm... Damn, I guess I'm getting drunk on another episode. January. Oh, damn, it was 27 bucks, Dude, it was... Dang. What the hell? It was... It was That's a, a lot of damn money. Holy crap. That's $27. They diluted an absolute crap load. All right, I'm not getting sweeped here. So Amazon, bullish or bullshit on Amazon right now? It's at all-time highs. What are you thinking? Cheers, everybody. Um, 
So I don't know how to answer this because I love Amazon, but Woo! I'm calling bullshit for the fact that they have to split their stock. Yeah. So would that be bullish? I don't know. Bullish once they split their stock, for sure. That's something I would uh, add. But Yeah, I so, think I'm in the same exact boat as you. I think bullish when they announce a split. They have which, to. I mean, sh- they have to here soon. Like They have to within the next few months but for now they need to return to support so like bullshit at for a week or two man like they don't pull back very often bullshit for a few weeks bullshit for maybe a month but then bullish after that they're gonna yeah i mean if you're not gonna, splitting your stock when it's at four grand what are you really doing <clears throat> yeah exactly like they're gonna they're kind of losing the crowd of of beginner traders. No one's gonna want no one who's investing right now is gonna want to buy a four thousand dollar stock if they're um, starting out. Yeah. All right. Work the question is before COVID, so the exact same question. Before the COVID crash, the first day of twenty twenty, what was the share price? The first day of twenty twenty. Yeah. What's it at now? Four grand. Yeah. Let's say eighteen hundred. Eighteen hundred. Yeah. I'm thinking hard about this one because I'm not losing this one. Uh, that was just a complete guess. I really don't know. I have no idea. So. Uh, actually, I feel like it'd be less than that. I don't know. Nah, I feel like it's more than that. My gut initially wanted to say twenty five hundred. But I'm going to be a dick. $1,801. You motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see what it is. Let me get their chart up here. I feel like I... Oh, shit, bro. What is it? It opened at $1,831. I think we both have to drink to that. I think you have to drink to that is what I, I think. I think it just slid off. Yeah. So Amazon, like for investors, I am bullish. I think they're going to split, and I think you're going to get some good value out of it. I think you're going to get a good run out of it. But um, yeah, bullshit if you're looking to trade it right now. Don't trade it right now. This looks kind of suspect, but... Looks good. Yeah. Dude, rum chat is good. It's so good. It's also right. like 17% alcohol. Yeah, mine was, let me check out what mine is, 35. Dude, yeah, this Apple. Have you had the Apple? Oh, yeah, yeah. So good. You ever had the right. vanilla? Yeah, it's okay. Wait, I can't, how do you say vanilla? 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 Vanilla, yeah. Damn, I do you say, say vanilla? Yeah, dude, I can't, there's some words I can't say. How do you say bagel? 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 You say Bagel? Yeah, I can't say bagel. I can't say room. Like I have to think about it. How do you say? How do you? It? How do you? If you don't think about room, how do you say room? Room. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's a Eastern thing. I don't know. I can't say bagel. I can't say room. Do you say creek or crick? Crick. Okay, I say crick too. Good. Dude, when I was how do you younger, say water? Wait, wait. How do you say water? Water. Okay. Some people around me say water. Okay, when I was younger, bro, I had a speech impediment with only, I had to go, I literally had to go to a speech, whatever, like pathologist or something, because I could not say my R's, Mm -hmm. so purple, to me, in art class, was poiple, 
And <laughs> if you think people did not make fun of a ginger kid who said poipol, then you are wrong. Um, but that's so funny, actually. Soda or pop? Yeah, you say pop, but that's uh, no, we say soda on the East okay, Coast. Okay, so I've heard people in the South say Coke. They say Coke for every single kind of pop, like. Like, every pop is just Coke. I'm trying to think, because my mom lives in Mississippi now, and uh, I've never... I don't know. Maybe they do? I don't know. That's weird to me. Coke? Yeah. I just say pop, and I think I've never heard... I hear soda every once in a while, wait, but so around you, me, pop is just... It's wait, pop. so if you go to the restaurant and you say she asks what you want to drink, and you say Coke, then what? Then I get a Coke, like a Diet Coke or... No, like I'm saying in the South. Coke. What do they give you? If oh, Coke means shit. soda. I don't know. What if do you say double Coke? Are you like, hey man, I want a Diet Coke Coke? Like, what yeah. do you say to get a Coke? Then? You might, but that actually makes no sense that that's if like if like if that's a thing that well how, I don't understand that. Yeah, I remember I said I did like a mango Pepsi review and I said, here's my like this pop gets a whatever out of ten. And people were like it's Coke. And I was like, it's literally Pepsi. And they were like, no, that's how we say it. It's not pop. It's it's like Coke. I was like, that makes no fucking Wait, sense. Is it a hoagie where you're from? What is a hoagie? What is a hoagie? Is that a real question? That is a 100% real question. What is a hoagie? I've heard it, but I don't know what it is. You don't know what a hoagie is? A hoagie is like a sub? Okay, I knew that, but we don't call it a hoagie. Yeah, what do you call it? A hero? Sub. Oh, I haven't heard I, hoagie I before here. Yeah, Maybe I'm just stupid. A, but. People call it a hero. I don't know. Hmm. Whatever. We don't have any good food in Iowa, so if it's something that's just good food from your place, then it's just. Yeah, I mean you're getting pizza from a gas station, so. Dude, Casey's Pizza, my There's Midwest no listeners, my Midwest listeners, dude. Okay, so here's the deal, and I'm gonna fly out, and we're gonna do an in-person episode. But the only thing I'm bringing is one Casey's Pizza, and you're gonna have to try it. I don't you think that gas station pizza travels too well. Um, it'll travel fantastic. You don't know Casey like I do. There's probably 20 um, pizza places in my town. So. Okay, we'll, we'll just like have to try all the pizza. But we got to talk about UFC. I got to show my tattoo first, though. I got oh, this yeah, show, yeah, show your tattoo. I got this today, and I think it's fucking sick, and I'm pretty obsessed yeah. with it off the bat. I'd ask what color it is, but I'm colorblind, so it doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, can't see the color. It's, we got red right here. We got black right there. And then we got yellow in these little parts. Dude, but, just uh, wait until you get this done. Oh! Yeah. I think you're going to be alone on that one. Um, dude, we should, for one of these episodes, do a tattoo tour where we all do, we talk about our tattoos and what they what they. That's a good idea. Are. How many tattoos do you have? Um, do you know? Um... Five right now, but in about two weeks, I'll have this entire rest of this arm done. I probably have, I don't know, I have more than 40, so. Yeah, you're fucking covered, dude. That's where I'm going to be here soon. I just, I haven't had the money until. Did you ever get your neck tattooed? Yes, want it really bad. Yeah, so do I. Like, I want, like, just stereotypical, like, spider or fucking, like, scorpion or some shit. I think that's sick. There's, I saw something really cool that. My artist did the other day. It was like a. You ever see those moths with the skull in the middle? Yeah. It was no, I that, like moths, and then bro. there was two flowers on the side, and it actually looks so good. That's super cool. All right, UFC betting time. Um, UFC picks time. UFC who this are is we a huge card. Time. 
Yeah, this is absolutely massive. I actually was thinking about trading Endeavor because of this card, bro. Yeah. All right. First fight of the night. We're going to go through all of them this time with okay. my, my buddy here, Mr. Ocho. Um, we're going to go through all of them because it's such a good card. We have in the first fight of the night at middleweight, Yao Zong Hu versus Alan Imadovsky. You go first. I'm taking Yao Zong Hu because Alan Imadovsky um, throws large punches and either knocks you out or he loses. And I think he's going to lose. Wait, what, uh, what weight class is that? Middleweight. Who are you taking? I have Yao Zong Hu. He was like a heavyweight who lost a bunch of weight down to middleweight. I have uh I can't even Alan, we'll call him. Emadovsky. That's one that I'm not gonna put any money on or anything. So I think really he's a matter. pretty big favorite. Last yeah. I checked, like minus I think he's like minus one fifty, maybe. Something like that. Yeah, like minus one fifty, minus two hundred, I think. Yeah. Alright. Flyweight. Zalas Zumagulov versus Jerome Rivera. I have Zuma. I'm taking yeah, I'm taking Zumagulov, and I'm also taking probably the goes to the distance, but I would not put any money on Zumagulov at the price. I'm taking him as well. He's also a huge favorite. I've only seen him fight once. I don't think I've seen the other dude fight. So the other dude is that's why is subpar. I'll say that. Um, all right, middleweight Omari Akhmedov versus Brad Tavares. I'm taking Brad Tavares. I think his takedown defense is really good, and he's slicker on the feet. I'm taking Tavares as well. I've seen him fight like three or four times. Um, have you ever seen the other dude fight? I don't recognize. Yeah. Have you? I've actually bet on Armari Alkmedov before. He's he's like a really strong, capable dude, but he's just like average at everything. He's pretty good at wrestling, but he's like average at striking average gas tank nothing like really that sticks out but brad tavares is just i feel like one tiny step better at at striking oh, cardio i saw his last fight that omar the arkhamedov he uh, yeah. fought Brees, i think yeah he broke breeze's and um, like round two or something right yeah yeah i but, have i have tavares me too all right Women flyweight, Jennifer Maya versus Jessica I. Um, for me, I was initially really, really wondering why Jessica I was the underdog here until I found out that she's been doing OnlyFans for a long time and is really not, or like recently, oh. and is not kind of like on her game with it. And so I'm not betting on this at all. But if I had to choose a winner, um, I'd probably say Maya is probably going to win just because she probably can push her up against the clinch. But, like, this is probably the most undecided fight. It's probably going to be a split decision. Um, Jessica I is a lot better than people give her credit for just because she got knocked out with one of the nastiest head kicks in women's MMA history. But I think Maya might be able to hold her against the cage. But I is pretty sneaky, too. But then the OnlyFans comes in and, like, her, like, other business. And also, like, she's been, like, basically not training on Instagram for a few um, so I'm not betting on any of this, but I'd say Maya probably wins. Uh, didn't I fight Calderwood her last fight? Pretty positive. And I she, don't remember, to be honest. Yeah, I think she was on the last McGregor card. I think she fought Calderwood. And she lost? Yeah, I think Calderwood beat her because, yeah, I'm almost positive. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, if you're not training and shit, then I'm, there's no chance. It's, it just seemed like she was distracted. It's hard for me. 
a lot of the times to bet. Some of the women fights, I feel like, are toss-ups, if that makes They're sense. They're really close, man. It's hard They're to, always close. Yeah, it's hard to bet on them. And guess you're, un, Unless you're watching like an Amanda, Amanda Nunez fight, which she could beat some of the dude's asses. But um, She's yeah. scary, bro. Yeah, she's incredible. But yeah, I'm not taking eye. I wouldn't bet on it either, but... Yeah. Okay. Middleweight, the beginning of the normal preliminary card. Um, dude, also, side note, I'm watching this with my dad. We haven't watched a UFC card together in so long. He texted me, and he was like, "Like, let's order beer, or let's order pizza and drink a bunch of beers and watch McGregor. And it was just, it was fucking awesome. I was like, dude, we haven't watched a card together forever. This is going to be sweet. So I'm watching That's it with funny. my dad, which is pretty cool. Um Middleweight, we have Trevin Giles versus Driscus Duplessis. Um, for me, this is also a non-bettable one, but if I had to choose, I'd probably take Duplessis. Um, he looked pretty bad in his uh, his first fight in the UFC. He looked kind of rusty. He won by knockouts, but he looked rusty, and I expect him to look less rusty here. Trevin Giles is the better all-around fighter, probably, but I think Duplessis might might find the, the spot and, and finish him, but no money will be on it for me, so there's really no, no I guess, weight to my word. What do you think? Uh, that's not a fight I would bet on. Um, I do like Giles, kind of, so if I had to bet, I would probably bet on him, but I wouldn't bet on that, but isn't the Ryan Hall fight before that? It's right after that. Oh, is it my my thing, yeah. wrong then? Okay. Yeah. All yeah, right. I won't bet on that. I would not bet on that. Featherweight Ryan Hall versus Ilya Tupora. Um, Tuporia, however you say it. Uh, my money will be on the does not go the distance. I think either Tuporia lands an overhand or hook and puts Ryan Hall to the absolute moon, um, or Ryan Hall is going to catch one of his nasty submissions and finish him because. Ryan Hall's a jiu-jitsu whiz. Duporia is pretty good at jiu-jitsu. He's probably going to be able to hold his own. So if I had to choose a side, I'd choose Duporia. Um, but I think that uh, it's going to not last the distance. If it lasts the distance, then it's either going to be Ryan Hall just on his back the entire time backpacking him or Duporia just holding him at distance. But I don't know which one is more likely to happen. So I'm just saying it's not going the distance because I'm pretty sure one of them is going to finish it. Hall by submission to Tuporia by knockout. But, um, yeah. I, I got Ryan Hall by heel hook. Ooh, okay. He, okay, I like that. Yeah, that's a – I don't know. I think he uh, came out and even said, he's like, dude, I can't find anyone to fight me. Dude, he's um, nuts. He's a fucking wizard. Yeah, people, like, talk shit like he's boring to – but, no, that's, like, takes a lot of skill to be that good at that, like, one thing. Um, yeah. I have Ryan Hall by heel hook. The other dude's undefeated. Yeah, the other dude is good too. The other dude is like a killer on the feet, pretty good upcomer, up and coming uh, contender. But I think, dude, Ryan Hall, he wouldn't have taken this fight if he didn't have like a reason to take this fight. So, I mean, yeah. you're taking the underdog, Ryan Hall. Like he's like plus two hundred, I think. Um, he is. Where is it at? He is. Yeah, plus one ninety. Yeah, Ryan Hall by heel hook. Okay, that's one of your locks of the night. All right. Yeah. Um. Next up, we got welterweights. Uh, we have Nico Price versus Michelle Pereira or Michael Pereira, however you want to say it. This is one of my two locks of the night. I'm going Pereira. 
and if I had to bet on it, it would be by decision probably. I don't think he flatlines him, but I'll just be taking Pereira. I think he's like minus 150 to minus 170 range, um, maybe even less, maybe minus 130. But I think he's going to make a take a measured approach and kind of just jab one two his way to a victory. I think Nico Price is not as good as he's kind of been propped up to seem, and I think Michelle Pereira is a lot better than he seems. He's uh, gassed out in a couple fights, done some backflips in a fight, some fights that he's lost, that he shouldn't have lost, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to absolutely kind of put it on Nico Price. That's all I got to say on that one. He's uh, one of my favorite fighters to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, he's exciting. Does backflips in the cage, runs along the outside of the cage, dances. Yeah, he... Uh, I have... I can't even say his name. Pereira? Pereira? Yeah, I think that's how... Pereira? Pereira? Um, Something like that. Yeah, I have... Just because I like to watch him a lot. I mean, sometimes he gets crazy and gets caught, but... uh, Yeah, that's who I have. I think he's a favorite, too. Like, minus 200. Yeah, he's... I think he might be minus 150. Something like that. Unless it's changed since I bet it. But I already bet him. Um, Welterweight, we have Carlos Condit versus Max Griffin. Um, I'm taking Max Griffin. My confidence level is like a 6 or 7 out of 10. I think he probably wrestles. I think he's probably going to get inside, maybe land a few hooks here and there, um, uh, uppercut here and there. Condit will probably beat him if Griffin can't take him down and can't get inside. But I have Griffin being able to get inside, being able to get a few takedowns. And I think he grinds it to a victory. Um, I have Griffin for the simple fact that Carlos Condit's like 40. Yeah. Um, also, Griffin won his last fight, I think, by knockout in the first round. Yeah, Griffin's had some good fights recently. He's had some like really close fights with good names, too. Yeah, he fought in March, I believe. So, yeah, I have Griffin as well. Sweet. Okay. Bantamweight Sean O'Malley versus Chris Maturinho. This is where it gets good. Yeah. Um, for me, all everything is saying Sean O'Malley. Um, I think if you're going to bet this, you bet the prop of probably second-round knockout. I don't think O'Malley ends him in one. I think Moutinho might be good enough to last one round. But I think second-round O'Malley fucking dials it in and... Um, Head kick or straight just ends him. But um, I don't know. I'm not going to put any money on it. It's it's O'Malley, which I think he'll win. But I don't want to – the odds are so bad that I have to choose a round. And I don't like having to choose a round. So O'Malley's probably going to win, but I'm not going to put any money. Uh, I have O'Malley. I like O'Malley a lot, and I also have O'Malley, and I have that as fight of the night. Okay. I you think all- it's going to be a good one? Yeah. It's so weird, like – I love and hate the fact that, like, O'Malley goes on and tries to put on a show. Like, he'll start somebody and then not go in for the kill. Yeah. Because he's like likes to play around. That's and, me on UFC 4, bro. I punch someone, <laughs> and they get rocked, and then I back up. I'm like, ah, yeah. bitch, I'll wait for you. But uh, I think that has potential to be fight of the night, honestly. Dude, you know what I'm really hoping? I'm hoping Chris Matinho... I haven't watched any of Matinho's fights. I didn't even care to. Um, I watched, like, a few YouTube videos of him fighting, and I saw his technique, and I said, I think O'Malley's going to win based on just technique and snappiness. But um, if Moutinho comes out with, like, a wrestling, and he's, like, 
can like get him to the ground. I'd love to see O'Malley on his back, see how he does, see how O'Malley yeah. does on the ground, just to like test that. Because then that's gonna give me a way better like. Because after this fight, bro, O'Malley deserves like a big name. Like he deserves someone um, in the realm of I don't know who to Rob Font. Um, nah, not Rob Font. Cody Garbrandt, maybe Dominic Cruz, a name like that. He's um, he said he's gonna call out a a big name. Um, I hope it's Dominic Cruz or Cody, one of those two. But I would love to see that because both Dominic Cruz and Cody can like wrestle. They just don't do it very often because they're better strikers than most people they face, or they think they're better strikers. But I would love to see O'Malley on his back in a wrestling and some scrambles just to see. But I think he wins this fight and then gets to call out whoever he wants to. He O'Malley's minus eight hundred. Holy shit, dude! Don't even put that in a parlay. That's not even worth throwing in as a top ticket parlay. No. Um, I would hate to be someone holding the O'Malley and somehow he gets, like, fucking rear naked choked or something. Um, All right, women bantamweight, Irene Aldana versus Yana Kunitsakia, something like that. Um, It's about right. I think probably it goes the distance, and I think I won't have any money on anything in this fight because I've watched both of them and I have no idea what to expect. Uh, yeah, I probably won't even, I might not even, I might go get a drink for this fight. I would, I would not bet on this fight. I've only seen, I've seen Aldana fight. I've never, I have never seen the other chick fight. I've seen them both fight. And I mean, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. Like sometimes women's MMA, there's not enough people in the like divisions for me to see them versus a bunch of them. And I just, I don't know. Um, let's just, let's head to heavyweight. Tai Tuivasa versus Greg Hardy. I'm taking Ty to Ivasa, not one of my locks. Um, the reason I'm taking Ty is I think he's going to be able to chop at Greg Hardy's leg at the beginning of the fight. And I also think Ty to Ivasa is going to be able to, I guess, um, box with him for longer. Greg Hardy is going to kind of fade off, I think. And his boxing is going to kind of become less effective and more kind of instinctive and i think uh taisui vas is going to be able to outbox him at the maybe second third round i've been going back and forth on this i greg hardy's such a controversial person person i guess so yeah. i don't really like him as a person but i think he i mean he has a one round after he his card is horrible so it's a tight fight man it's really close he throws bombs if he catches him he's going lights out but I don't know. I texted you and I said I kind of want to pick Hardy, but now I don't know. Yeah, I, that's that's. I like to see the thing is I like Tui Vasa. like I like yeah. him as a fighter. I think this is as much like a an even odds fight as there should be. Like it should be about as close because Tui Vasa, um, he could outlast him or he could knock him out. Hardy, the same exact thing. Like we don't know who's going to win it all. Welterweight, um, Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Thompson. This is my second lock of the night. I think Stephen Thompson is going to put on an absolute master class for three full rounds. I don't think he – he might knock Gilbert out at the end of the second or the third, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I would say Stephen Thompson is going to win. Probably by decision would be my bet, but I'm going to bet on Stephen Thompson at the money line because I think it's like minus 150, and I think that's an absolute steal of a price tag. I think it should be minus 200, minus 220. Uh, Wonder Boy is one of the best – uh, overall striking technicians in the UFC. I think he's probably going to be able to catch him from some odd angles. Gilbert Burns is going to maybe take him down once in the fight. Um, 
but he's not going to have as much success as he thinks. Wonderboy is damn good at takedown defense, and I think he's just going to pick him apart on the feet. That's my decision. Uh, yeah, I have Thompson as well. The only thing I can see is if Burns gets him on the ground, uh, at, he's super dangerous on the ground. Yeah, he throws up a submission and gets him. But, but his boxing is getting I... better, Burns' boxing. It's just so hard to touch Thompson like nobody touches Thompson. Yeah, the other thing about Burns, bro, is his gas tank is suspect. Like, he, he lasted that yeah. entire fight against Woodley, but um, in three rounds, in between, inside three rounds, he got fucked up by Kamar Usman <coughs> without even being, like, wrestled like Kamar Usman usually does, which tires his opponents out. Like, he just got, like, out-jabbed, which that, that concerns me against a kickboxer as good as Stephen Thompson. Yeah, I have Thompson. All right. Main event. This is the one that everybody's talking about. This is the one that makes me want to invest in uh, Endeavor. Um, lightweights, we have Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. For me, um, I'm really struggling to pick a side on an overall just like bet on one of the sides. It's really good odds. I think probably towards the end of the week, Conor McGregor will probably um, close them because I think Poirier is a slight favorite, and McGregor's a slight underdog. But he's I, minus one thirty. Poirier is. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of. I feel like it might close to minus one ten, minus one ten, um, because all the the casuals will come in towards the end of the week. But I think I really I I'm worried because I think Poirier might come out and he might throw some leg kicks. He might do some 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 boxing just like he normally does, kind of just like slow start. Poirier likes to slow start. But then he likes to throw a check left hook. Um, he likes to throw a check right hook as well. And I think McGregor might be able to smoke him down the pipe. Like, I think straight up just down the pipe, Celtic cross, McGregor might be able to smoke him and just end the night. First round, second round, knockout. Like, it could be quick. But then again, I also think, okay, that could have happened in the second fight, and it didn't. And then Poirier... Um, outlasted him, showed his cardio, showed his kind of just durability, and um, won. So I will not be betting on either side. I'll be betting on the under. I think um, it doesn't go the distance. I think Poirier will either get knocked out within the first two or he's going to choke him out or finish him again in probably third or fourth. So if I can get a minus under four and a half, I'll take it. If I can get a... Um, it's probably going to be chalky, too. It's probably going to be somewhere around the lines of, like, minus 250. But I'll add it to my parlays. And I think that's a pretty solid bet of of inside the distance. But I can't pick a side. McGregor's going to start him within the first two and a half. Or Poirier is going to beat him after that inside the distance. That's my two opinions. And I don't think it's going to go any other way. Yeah, I say this about every McGregor fight. He has two rounds. Um, his cardio is not the best. <clears throat> and Poirier has really good cardio. Also, if anybody deserves a title shot, it's Poirier. Um, and not, he might I, be the best lightweight on the planet other than Khabib. And I'm personally a Poirier fan. I used to be a b- big McGregor fan, but like when you talk so much shit and then you don't start to back it up, I kind of yeah. you kind of lose me. But uh, and like now he's like he like hates Poirier again. Last fight, they were best friends. Like he posted something the other day. It's like Poirier's wife wanted to send him a message or something like, dude, come on, man. Like yeah. back uh, that you- shit up next. Like back that up this time. I want to see it. I want to see you knock his ass out. If you're going to talk like mad like that. It's the thing. If like McGregor loses his relevancy is 
it's not gone. gone bro. It's not gone completely, but it's. I mean, who, who's he gonna fight? Nate Diaz if it again? Loses, yeah, he probably gets some Nate Diaz payday, but he, his title contention is pretty much close to being over. By yeah, then. he'd yeah, have like, to come up with something crazy. It like ruins his whole mantra or whatever. But I have Poirier. Yeah, I have Poirier in the third round. Okay, I like that. To be honest, like. If I was going to bet one of two things, it would be McGregor second round or Poirier third round. I think McGregor kind of in his mind knows he's got to finish it earlier or he's going to I think I think Poirier might sub him to be honest. I think this time he knocks him down and McGregor might like survive and then Poirier locks up like a rear naked or a guillotine. Like when Diaz choked him out. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I think. Yeah. I would say McGregor second round or Poirier third round would probably be my two bets that I would make, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I can't wait for that card, though. It's going to be such a good card. Dude, I'm excited, man. Um, yeah, I'm going to drink some beers. I'm going to watch that. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be one of the best that I've been looking forward to for a while. All right, we have two little sections left, and then we're going to wrap it up. The first is our kind of conspiracy theory, just like talk about something that, that people have been talking about lately that we think is crazy um, or that we think might be controversial or something that we just want to kind of just talk about. And that is the Free Britney um, movement where people are talking about Britney Spears. So uh, what do you think? Yeah, we we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I don't know the whole story, but isn't the conspiracy that, like, something with her dad, like, is holding all her assets and, like, the estate and all this, and, like, people are saying, like... Like, have you seen the way she is recently? She looks like she's strung out on some kind of drug, like bad. Yeah. And the cons- I think the conspiracy is like, oh, he's like drugging her. Or she's like under control by somebody else. Like some pretty weird shit. Like I, I saw a video of her like a couple months ago, just like dancing in the middle of her house, like spinning. It was, it was kind of creepy. But yeah, uh, so, so I got like kind of a an article up here and it says basically that Britney has been under some sort of like legal um I guess like holding like like her father makes the decisions for her since she had like a breakdown which happened 12 years ago yeah um which caused her to be hospitalized and go to rehab and then she had like mental health battles for a few years and she got like put on some um, mood stabilizer, something, but like a, uh, I guess dosage, because when you're rich like that, you can kind of like pay off doctors to give you whatever you want. So they, they assume that her dad used money to pay some side of some doctor, um, enough money to give her a dosage that would basically put her into kind of like tranquilized mood, like something where she doesn't really realize like, like an altered consciousness kind of thing where, you're like under the influence. Um, and people have asked her on TikTok. I know there's been multiple times where they've said like wear a green shirt or wear an orange shirt in the next video. If like they've commented this, if you're like being held hostage and it's it's turned out like she's like she's worn an orange shirt or a green shirt in the next epi- or in the next like video. And it's happened like two or three times in a row to where people are like, all right, something is really, really up here. But I don't like I I believe it to be honest. Like I've read it, like some stuff on it, and I really think that something is up here. Like her dad is probably drugging her and using her for her money, or like some sort of this, which I think is mega fucked up. But um, like 
that dude, if that turns out to be real, like she just got her life taken away by someone who is really close to her, like basically just drugged her for years of her life. That is messed up. It it I mean it does make sense because the I'm not like a Britney Spears fan or anything, but like the way you see the way she acts and stuff and like things she says and it's like you can kind of see it's almost like you look into her eyes and she looks like not dead, but like she's just not there. Like she's just off somewhere yeah. else. Um, but yeah, dude, imagine if that's like, if that's true, if like her dad's controlling her, like drugging her for her assets and everything, like that's, that's like basically crazy. just like siphoning her money slowly. Like, okay, well, you made this much from this. I'm your like manager, whatever I am. Um, yeah. I'm going to take this much percent. But I also saw that like Miley Cyrus did some sort of like changed her song up like party in the usa and changed it to like free britney which if someone in the like industry is saying it too then that kind of legitimizes it as well basically like someone inside knows something more because miley probably has a ton of like connections in that and someone's like yeah i went over to her house and it was weird like her dad was being weird and making sure we didn't talk privately um that is very weird i kind of believe it man i kind of think it's real and i kind of Hope that someone gets close to Britney and is able to kind of talk about it. Where I'm in support of hashtag free Britney. I think that people, there needs to be something done probably. Someone needs to take it and just check it out. I hope it's not true, but at the same time, like something's clearly wrong. So if it's not true, then she needs help, I think. Yeah. I saw, like, I couldn't believe that the, like, three videos in a row, she wore exactly what people told her to do if she was being, like, yeah, held hostage. That? Like, that's nuts. I think that, like, yeah. someone needs to just step in and do yeah, something. Yeah, that's wild. <clears throat> All right. We have two questions, and then we're going to wrap up the episode. So, first question is going to be kind of stock-related, kind of serious. Um, it is, what is your exact morning training routine? Mine is I wake up, like I said, about an hour and a half, maybe two hours some mornings, depending on how I'm feeling, before the market opens for my broker. Um, and what I do is, this is kind of embarrassing to admit, to be completely honest. I wake up and I go into my living room and I do some some stretches. I stretch out like my hamstrings and my back and like my neck and stuff, just like loosen up like I uh, do like these neck twirls where I like just like loosen everything up and then I do back stretches and stretch my arms and stuff just like get my blood blood flowing for probably 30 minutes and then inside that 30 minutes I also meditate um for like at least 10 minutes of it I just like lay there like sit there do whatever I'm gonna do and just like sit there think about absolutely nothing like I just look at the blackness behind my eyes and I just think about it um like there's blackness right there. That's all I do is I sit there and I just have nothing on my mind, which is important to clear my mind for before the, the market opens. Um, and then I make black tea and I have this one that like has like orange peel in it, which tastes good as hell to me. I don't know why, but I, I drink tea because caffeine gets me too jittery and black tea has a little less than coffee. So I drink that. Um, and then this is where it gets kind of like, I get embarrassed to talk about this. Um, I then drink kombucha, and I I have a big-ass pitcher of kombucha in my refrigerator, and I just pour a little glass of it every morning, and for some reason, it makes my stomach feel good, and then I eat, like, a bagel, or, or I eat, like, some sort of, like, um, eggs every morning, but then... That's disgusting. 
Yeah, I know. Eggs. I don't like eggs very much, but I eat it because it makes me feel all right. And then I hop on my computer and I type and do some stocks. That's about it. That's my morning routine. First off, eggs are disgusting. If you like eggs, you got to think about what an egg is. It's like a it's like a chicken unborn fetus. That's with a dude. membrane, dude. Come on. And also, what does an egg taste like? It tastes like nothing, bro. You're literally eating a unborn chicken baby that doesn't taste like anything. Also, if you like deviled eggs, you got a serious problem. That's mayonnaise. I like and- deviled eggs. I'll okay. say that. I like deviled well, eggs. Deviled eggs are good. N- that's it's mayonnaise and eggs, dude. That's some what paprika, a, bro. <laughs> that's and a some, horrible, horrible combo. Some diced up pickles in there. That shit's good. Oh, Jesus, no, that is not good. Anyway, I'll never change my opinion on eggs, but whatever. Um, my morning routine is: I wake up like an hour and a half before my broker opens. I now I have to take my puppy to the bathroom, feed the dog. Um, I drink. Cold brew coffee because I can't drink hot coffee. I don't know why, but I have to drink a black cold brew, and that gets me going like big time. If I don't have a coffee in the morning, I will go back to sleep, and I won't wake up. That's what I do. So I drink a coffee. I hop on my setup. I don't – I don't know. I don't – this might be weird, but, like, I don't like to go on Twitter. I don't like to go on Discord or anything. I just look at uh, pre-market movers. Um, Because I like to scalp, as people know, so I'll find like two or three I like, and I'll try to scalp one or two of them. Um, I'll obviously check my swings if I'm for whatever I'm swinging. Um, I'll check see if there's any news. Um, I'll eat something small, but then I'll stay awake. So, and I always check. uh, I always set alerts. I check my swings if like after every broker opens. and yeah, that's about it. And then I'll hop on Discord like before market opens. But I'm up, I'm up every day at like two hours before my broker opens. I just don't get on. I don't like to hop on Discord or anything. I just kind of like chill, relax, check the market, yeah, check the movers. I like to, and I like to not be on any social medias for about probably an hour. I do that whole meditating thing and stretching thing, and then I drink my tea and sit and look at the pre-market movers, do a little quick screen on uh, TradingView and FinViz or whatever I can yeah. use. But um, then I just, I hop on Discord and Twitter like probably within like 15 or 20 minutes of market open. And then I send out my, my list, my list of limit buys and uh, maybe tweet something stupid or funny for within the first few minutes. But not a whole lot on like social media is because I like to just like keep my mind kind of like all in one of just like looking at those movers, looking at my swings. That's about it. One thing I want to say before we wrap the episode up quick is um, I'm going to link this in the, in the description. You might have seen me tweet about it or put it in Discord, but... One of my friends, Josh, his daughter actually was diagnosed with SMA. Uh, it stands for spinal muscular atrophy, and it's a genetic condition where I don't really know how to explain it. It like like immobilizes you, and they're saying she's gonna be need all kinds of medical equipment, and the insurance doesn't want to cover it, and all kinds of crazy stuff like her cost for her medication for a month's supply or so is like 350 grand which is obviously out of this world 
Um, yeah. But my friend Givy, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, started a website to sell like hats, t-shirts. You can send a donation if you want, just a donation instead of purchasing something. Um, and if you can help out in any way, it would mean a ton. I know it would mean a ton to, to Josh and, and everybody over at the Giraffe Club which is the Discord that they're in, and I'm in as well. And, yeah, I'm going to link that in the description, but if you can help out in any way, I think hats are like 20 bucks. Um, that would be greatly, greatly appreciated because for someone, for an infant to be diagnosed with something like that, and I know, obviously, that's that's hard for Josh and his family and everything, so I would yeah. really appreciate it if you could check that out. That would be great. Yeah, me too. I think everyone should uh, go there, and if you you want to donate, then donate. And if you want to buy a hat, buy a hat. I think um, help anyone out that you can. Um, yeah, we'll link that in the bio. So uh, do everything you can if you're listening to this, and we appreciate you if you're going to donate to that. Yeah, that means a, that means a lot to us. So yeah. All right. Well, um, we can wrap up the episode there. Thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in. We hope we didn't bore you, but uh, we'll we'll have kind of the the episode. Here's the intro. Here's the drink review. Here's the trading mentality. We'll we'll slash it out so that you can navigate it. And we're gonna have some some guests on for within the next two weeks. Some big names on FinTwit. Hope you guys get excited and um, go enjoy UFC 264. Go enjoy your time off from the market. Go drink some Crown Royal. Go drink some beers. Go do whatever you're going to do. Go play some golf. But uh, we love you all. Yeah, we'll talk to you next episode, guys. Thank you so much. Yep. Peace out, everybody. Think I'm going to quit my job and get fucked up. I tried a 9 to 5 and I made 5 bucks. Might as well.